Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, if you've ever gone through something tragic, and struggled in the aftermath, you're going to want to tune in to this week's story. It's great. And then I'm going to talk about how running and our walk of faith can be a lot like the game of Simon Says. <laughs> and joining me for those stories and much, much more is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been so far? It's, it's been good. It's been a, been a busy week, but a good week. Man, it is crazy busy this time of year. This time of year... The merger with Upward, just all kind of things going on, um, but that's good. I've always said I'd rather be busy than bored. So sometimes I like bored though. <laughs> a little, a little boredom's good. You know, we always talk about the times, find time to do nothing, and I haven't found those moments. <laughs> it feels like in the past few weeks, that's but that's true. good. That's, that's good. True. We got a lot that's of cool true. things on the horizon. Well, we're we're recording this episode a little earlier than we normally would. And so if we say something here that doesn't fit with the time period because it seems like that's a couple of weeks old, well, then you'll understand. Yeah. But that's okay. It's yeah. still going to be really good. You know why it's going to be good? Because Jesus is right in the middle of it. That's right. All right, let's talk about this week's sponsor uh, at Run For God. We like to do business with locally owned businesses when it's practical and one source business products is Dalton's only locally owned office supply company. If you're looking for office supplies, furniture, printing, janitorial, custom forms, or stamps, we've got you covered. And the prices are right. That's why we compare, you save, give them a call at 706-516-3900 or on the web at onesourcebp.com. Great great group of people down there um we we love dealing with them actually by the time this podcast comes out it's very likely that we will be in a brand new podcast studio and we will have purchased some things from one source to get that office all set up we're actually moving offices for run for god with the whole merger here we we're shaking things up some and and we're actually you've heard us talk about on here the kahuta general store actually some of you when you came to town you visited the Cutta general store well we are taking the whole left side of that building and so we're going to be downtown in dean's hometown i'm not hometown but where dean lives they call it the center of the universe That's and so right. we're going to have a physical location on main street in downtown Cahutta. so uh if you're ever in town stop by and see us amen well, our Facebook post from last week comes from Misty Turner. How are you all handling the sun and heat? I see people running in crazy high temperatures while I'm crashing with anything over 75 degrees if it's full sun. I know. I, she says, I know you're in color. I've been dehydrated a few times, even though I'm drinking while running. Three times now, I've had runs where I start losing my eyesight, sort of. Like things go into a tunnel and everything goes white once it went black. My husband seems to be unaffected. I get unbelievably thirsty in heat lately, drinking more than ever. I don't want to switch to before sunrise because I have several races that will be hot coming up. Hmm. 
You know, it's been hot here. It's uh, it was ninety one degrees at nine thirty a.m. this morning, mm-hmm. and so it's it's been crazy hot here. But um, this is a good this is a good question. So do you do you struggle with what she struggles with sometimes the the black and the tunnel vision and all that? I have because I know exactly not, not, what she's talking about. Not because about. of the heat though. Yeah, well, yeah. I think for me it's for me it's either electrolytes or sugar. When you I think? start to get that, yeah, I know. I mean, because I can I can take a swig of something with a lot of sugar in it, and, but it and takes a long time to get there. Right. Yeah. 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 Especially the hydration part. Yeah. It's 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 the days leading into it. Yeah. You're not you're not going to correct hydration on the run. Right. And that's where I mean I hear that she sounds like she's drinking a good bit before mm-hmm. and during mm-hmm. um, the runs, but it's the most important thing you can talk about at all. And and my views on hydration come from Dr. Tim Noakes. Just mm-hmm. kind of a, a this is. He wrote a book called Waterlogged, mm-hmm. and it is it's 400 pages of, of how hydration affects us. So um, it's the most important thing you need to know about hydration is that you need to be hydrated before running. Before you ever get out the door, you need to be topped up. Sure. And, and if you're not, then you've already messed up. It doesn't matter what you do on the run. You can't drink enough on the run right. if you're if you're not fully hydrated before you get started. So keep that in mind. Now, drinking water during the run in 75 degree weather, it's just not going to be a game changer. Hmm. It's just not. Um, you know, unless it changes. Now, here's one thing that does happen is sometimes drinking water while you run changes your mindset. Mm-hmm. And that is a real thing. Because right? it's a thirst thing. Right. Not a hydration thing. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's actually it's actually a mental thing that mm-hmm. that's helping you with that hydrate. Because some people are like, I know that I feel better when I drink in the middle of my run. I'm like, I, I get it. Right. I understand. But, I just, but it's a you quenched your thirst, not right. dealt with hydration. Yeah. They have actually done studies to show, and it's, Tim Noakes talks about this, that um, actually pouring water in your mouth, swishing it around and spitting it out mm-hmm. does the same thing as actually sure. drinking the water yeah. because your brain thinks it got water. Yeah. And, and so that's why it's, it, that's the one thing that does change. Now, if you want to drink water and you just feel thirsty and you doesn't have at it, mm-hmm. I mean all the all the drinking the water you want to do, but what I see is that there's so many people who are convinced that everything that happens every time they feel bad during a run, every time if it's warm out, it's because I'm dehydrated, right. and that's just not always true. The world, I tell you, the Gatorade and the water companies have convinced us that we're super underhydrated mm-hmm. and i can't help but go back to the days of my high school when i was in high school back in the 80s we i didn't know what a water bottle was mm-hmm. i never had a water bottle i never stopped for water in the middle of a run unless it was like a 20 miler something like that um, we never had water at practice um, i lived in let's uh, atlanta georgia it's hot right Mm -hmm. um we never thought about drinking anything it was just not something that you even thought about and so and we were okay 
And so what's the difference between then and now? It's what we have in our brains Mm -hmm. that they have fed us. Now, could we have been better hydrated? Could we have performed a little bit better? Maybe, maybe that's true. But for but it didn't kill us, mm-hmm. right? And some people are are so concerned they're going to die mm-hmm. if they don't drink more water. Um, so, I will say this because I know I know you you and I differ here. Maybe not on the view, but what we struggle with because we've been on runs before, and you don't really you don't really deal with thirst. We've talked about this before. Yeah, like I get full blown cotton mouth. Yeah, in a run. And it's, I know a lot of people struggle with this. It, you get cotton mouth, so it's, you're right. It's not a hydration thing, but it is a very distinct discomfort mm-hmm. that, that you deal with. And to take on water during the run quenches that. Yeah. It's like Gatorade calls it the thirst quencher. Yeah. It's not a hydration thing. It's not, I mean, any kind of danger, but it gets to be very uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I think, especially when you get into the heat, that that really gets uncomfortable and because i've always said i've almost carried a little you remember the gel flasks yeah you know the little things that you yeah. carry gel in when when i was doing iron man even if i just had that much water all it takes is just a little bit to quench that yeah but i think some people to your point get that confused with dehydration right and dehydrate that is not dehydration exactly but to their credit that is very, very uncomfortable. And I know you don't deal with it, do you? No. I mean, you, I, you, you've, you've never dealt with that. Well, and I, I honestly I honestly just believe it's because that when I was younger, it we didn't do it, so mm-hmm. I didn't think about it, and I've just gotten used to it. Well, I, I mean, don't know I get, if it's my like mouth, getting used to it. I my mouth gets dry, but it's like it's just part of running. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah, my legs get my I, legs get tired. Yeah. You know, it's it's all just part of the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know. And I'm sure it's different for different people. I think the, it is. The level yeah. is certainly different for different people. Um, but here's the thing that I want to say about this particular post mm-hmm. is it looks like to me there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. And you have to be really, really careful not to take I'm, I feel like I'm going to pass out because I'm dehydrated and substitute that in for my iron. I've got an iron deficiency or I've got some mm-hmm. other vitamin or mineral deficiency sure. that because that's way more dangerous than being underhydrated. Right. Way more. You know, yeah. Can you you know, you can get a loss of blood pressure and stuff like that from being underhydrated. But typically you'll pass out and in a little while you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if you've got an iron deficiency, you could pass out and, and hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. So um, that's that's a lot more important. So make sure that j- don't just assume it has something to do with hydration. Right. Um, and then never discount the, the mental side of running in the heat. Also, it's yeah. so tough to run in the heat mentally mm-hmm. because I mean I walked out the door this morning I was like oh my gosh it is hot out <laughs> here down. and it, it just and once you know you're going out to run in that I mean within the first three steps you pour in sweat right. you know and it it's tough so well it's kind of like last week's story where you you put something in your case a swimming pool at the end to get you through that you have mm-hmm. that carrot out there at the end of that run yeah. but yeah if you're just going out and, and you, you've got to you've got to do mental gymnastics sometimes when it's when it's dealing with with heat like this or conditions really bad conditions in any way rain we've talked about rain and snow and things like that you got to get creative sometimes yeah you know give yourself a carrot at the end of that that will get you through it that'll definitely help 
definitely help. But just make sure um, that you understand, again, the most important thing here. Be hydrated all the time. You know how I am. If you see me, there's a water bottle that I'm carrying with me somewhere. Yeah. Right? Because I'm always drinking. And I'm in the bathroom regularly because I'm drinking all the time. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? All right. Let's talk about our trivia question for last week. Um, It was, how many people in the USA are walkers, meaning walking for fitness reasons? What about that number? 115 million people in our country are walkers, which is basically a third of the population are walkers um, in some shape or form. That's a crazy it's a lot. number. I, I thought it would be more. I think the number for runners, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, was about 35 million at any given time. Uh, according to what I read, it was 50 million. But okay. yeah, I'm yeah. sure, I mean, there's no way to tell. No, no, exactly. But right. yeah. Yeah, uh, 115 million, that, that's a lot of people. That's a lot more than I thought. I thought walkers would be higher than than runners for sure yeah. but i didn't know it would be that much more i wonder if the walker number includes any runners you know if you're a walker runner are you a walker or are you a runner or mm-hmm. are you both so i i don't know hmm. um, but i know walkers a lot of times they feel like they're like less than because they're not out there running and and doing what what a runner does but there's more of them than there are anybody else yeah. i don't know of another group of people the only the only group of people that's bigger it looks like to me than walkers is male female i mean you know what i mean it's <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. there's, there's not much right. it's hard to get a group bigger than than the number of walkers so um 115 million strong that's crazy the site that i found it went by year and it ranged as low as 107 million to 117 million this last statistic of 115 million was in 2021 but this tells me they're measuring it regularly and that number is over 100 million yeah that's that's a ton it's amazing how pinpoint accurate they can make these statistics nowadays a lot of these statistics and it's it's because of social media it's yeah because they can track so well social media search engines you know all that stuff combined between facebook and google yeah that they can they can tell just about everything about you whether and we you you assume that it's because well maybe that many million people are fans of some kind of walking site no they're watching everything you're saying. So if you're talking about walking, then you probably got put into that category. Yeah. You know, talking about but even nowadays, you 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 you're walking down the road talking to a friend about walking. Yeah. And I'm convinced they pick up on the conversations yeah. nowadays. We can get dive into conspiracy theories, but I'm convinced these phones listen to us nowadays. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's the, just just remember this: all the fitness crazes you've ever seen, running is more pop, or walking is more popular than any of them. Remember mm-hmm. when Zumba was huge? Mm-hmm. That's nothing mm-hmm. compared with the number of walkers that are out there. So, um, if you're a walker, um, you, you're part of a large group, and it's a good group, and you should be proud of that for sure. You're listening to the Run for God Run Club podcast. Are you a member of the Run for God Run Club? If you're not, you should be. You not only get access to the video version of this podcast, but so much more. We have hundreds of videos from how-tos to inspirational stories, and you get discounts in the Run for God store, too. And there's so much more from training plans to all sorts of things. Maybe most importantly, you get access to the best online community that you will find anywhere. 
So not only should you subscribe to this podcast, rate it and share it with your friends, but you should go to runforgod.com and join Run For God Run Club today. We're back, and we meet every Thursday night as a group online, and it's a cool meeting. So if you're not participating, or if you're listening to this podcast, you're not part of Run Club, if you join Run Club, you get to be part of Thursday night, and Mm -hmm. Thursday night's a lot of fun. Um, It's also available later if you uh, can't listen to it on Thursday night. I know for a lot of people, 9 o'clock is late Mm -hmm. um, if you live on the East Coast, but it's... um, it's okay. You can you can catch it the next morning, um, but you get to interact live and ask questions live if you're there live, and it's pretty cool. We also are we're probably pretty soon. We may start getting a little tight on stories, so we need you to start writing those stories again. So please submit your story. Let us know. There's so much out there. We know it. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting to hear them. Of course, we're trick. They're trickling in. We hear we hear them occasionally, but yeah. uh, we need to hear your There's story. There've been some good ones lately. There have been really good, and the today's is, is spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me talk about this. this was an interesting. I say it's interesting. It's a little bit almost disturbing. morbid, but it's yeah. disturbing and disturbing. But um, in New Delhi, India, a guy died recently on a treadmill. Mm. Now you th- you think. Yeah, I know. Those treadmills are tough. <laughs> They'll kill no, you. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. What happened was he was electrocuted. So he was getting in a run before he went to work. He was about 730 in the morning and he got through with his run and he sat down on the side of the treadmill. And the next thing you know, he was collapsed. He was unconscious. They came in and they pronounced him dead at the hospital because in in examining him afterwards they found that he had been electrocuted Mm. so super sad story but a couple of things something was shorted out something somewhere yes and we need to be concerned about where if you're using a treadmill a treadmill should be plugged into an outlet directly sure a a treadmill should not be plugged into an extension cord Mm -hmm. it should not be plugged into a power strip it should be plugged directly into the wall and you need to make sure the electricity that it's plugged into is grounded yeah so you know we see it a lot of we see it a lot people will especially in older houses they don't have the the ground plug on it Mm -hmm. and so people will take that brand new brand new cable for the treadmill and they'll cut off that third the round prong at the bottom of a three-way plug, mm-hmm. that is the ground. Yep. That is what prevents stuff like this from happening. And I cringe when I see people do that because it's yeah. it's so dangerous. Yeah. You know, get a correct plug installed in your house if you don't have that before you start pulling off the, the third plug, third prong of a plug. Because if if I had to guess, this treadmill is not grounded. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it seems high, and that, it goes that way for any appliance. It does a blender, whatever in your house. There's so many appliances that can kill you if they're not grounded. Yeah, and if you're in one of those houses that's old like that that doesn't have a whole grounding system in it, mm-hmm. 
I know it's expensive mm-hmm. to to have that done, man. It it gets sure. work. I mean, look at this. This yeah. is this is it. Now, the truth is, in this particular gym, there have been some complaints. The equipment wasn't up, wasn't held. What you know, it wasn't up kept kept up. I guess I should say, like it should be, and that this is the, probably the results of that. So right. you know, be careful too about patching stuff up. Don't say anything about my lawnmower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't cut corners. This is a freak accident. So let, don't let this freak you out either. Yeah, right. You know, just this is a cautionary thing, but don't let it freak you out. Yeah, either. more of a public service announcement. That's right. That's right. Well, wait till you hear this story. You know, we often struggle with tragic circumstances. Well, Wendy Vick is going to give us a great perspective on how to look at these things. This one is called To God Be the Glory. I submitted part of my story that made it into episode 150, Should I Keep Running? It was a period when I was definitely in a valley. My husband, Rod, had been in hospice for 30 days. He had not eaten or drank for 33 days. I did not really know how he was still living. I'm a nurse and had, a dedicate, had, had dedicated my time to keeping him in our home until death do us part. I was tired since I was his main caregiver. Family and friends had been, had been asked not to come per his wishes so he could be remembered as he was. My personal splurges that I gave myself were to run on the treadmill in the next room and to get my dog out for walks. I know sometimes the dying wait until a loved one is out of the room, so whenever I was leaving, I would announce I would be gone running or walking the dog for an hour. I would come back hopeful and afraid at the same time that Rod had passed. The most frustrating part was that I could not remember the last time we had a conversation that Rod was able to really participate in as the days went by. I had no idea what God's plan was, so I kept praying. Many times, since I did not know what to say or ask anymore, I stated, God, you know what is on my heart, and the Lord's prayer was said a lot. The night of Rod's death was the night I wrestled with the question, should I keep running? It was a Sunday night, a couple of hours before midnight, and I had just checked on Rod. Since I was awake, I decided I needed to review and complete my sticky notes for my Run for God chapter that I had not completed, plus make a decision if Monday I was getting back on the treadmill or not. After rereading the chapter, I felt the Holy Spirit give me the clarity that I should run, and I wrote down my thoughts. I returned to go to bed with a sense of accomplishment and pleased that I had made a decision. As I was getting settled next to Rod, I noted Rod's breathing rhythm changed. Snore, no breath, snore. Changes in breathing can indicate the end of life is near. I turned off the K-Love radio app. I had it on to try to drown out his incessant snoring that had been going on all day. It was playing Christmas music. Rod always said Christmas music should only be allowed on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so he might have died because I drove him to it. (laughs) Anyway, I grabbed my husband's hand in mine and began praying the Lord's Prayer. Then I read a prayer for the dying and at the time of death from my portals of prayer devotion to and for him. I concluded by freelancing a prayer from my heart. When I was done, there was absolute silence. Rod was no longer breathing. I verified that there was no heartbeat. 
He had left for his heavenly home. I was elated that God had taken him in such a wonderful way for me, such a beautiful end to our story. I called hospice to inform them of the news. The lady who answered, her name was Wendy, just like me, and in my giddiness with my happy ending, I just poured out my story. I think I rated as one of the happiest people ever at the death of a loved one. My story gave people goosebumps, and it gets even better. I'm confident Rod is in heaven. I figured out just minutes after his death at midnight that it was Rod's dad's birthday and he would be greeted in heaven by him and others who had gone before. Rod wanted to make it through one more gun hunting season, which had concluded on that Sunday. He did not get to go hunting, but God granted his wish. I had him buried in his dad's red and black checked hunting clothes. Rod always wanted to get his picture taken in them with a deer he had shot, but never did it. I thought this was better yet. The best part was on the morning of his funeral as I got going for my early run. Rod had owned a pheasant hunting preserve and closed it when he was diagnosed with cancer, so no pheasants had been around for over a year. As I got near the end of my run, a pheasant walked directly in front of the window. I looked out over our land, and mere minutes later, a deer walked back the other way. It verified for me that Rod was at peace and with God, so how could I be sad? It was such a comfort that I couldn't help but share it with our friends and family. God still has a purpose for me to fulfill here and now, yet when my time is concluded, I will join Rod in heaven. Until then, I keep running the race God has me on. I hope I do it well. Golly, bum. That's hard to read. It is. <laughs> but, but it's it's incredible at the same time. It just Yeah. That's the perspective we should all have when loved ones who we know love Christ leave this world because I say, I say it every time somebody I know that's in that situation dies. They're doing far better than we are. And uh, Absolutely. she's got that perspective. Yep. And, you know, our prayers go out, first of all, to, to Wendy in, in this. But um, that perspective that she's got is just, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine having that perspective myself no. you know that would, that would be hard but it's 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 pretty cool and you're right wendy god's not finished with you Mm-mm. here and that's that's why you're here and part of that whole story of why what god has you here for is this right here right now this story is the reason why you're here and sure. how humbling is it to run for god got to be part of that story i mean that's just yeah you know i we wonder sometimes circumstance you know we had this meeting a couple weeks ago with the upward and i don't know how many times i heard the comment there's a lot more than running going on here yeah and this is an example of that i mean it's it's it helps people navigate what what they go through with this sport helps people navigate so many other areas of their life and i'm just thrilled that we have a glimpse into that a lot of times and, and thank god for these stories i mean this is why you need to submit your story if you're listening yeah because this spoke to me and i have no doubt it's going to speak to many others but we we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had the honor of being part of this or knowing that we're a part of this had wendy not submitted yeah. this so 
Yeah, that's right. Listen to us. If you've got a story, it doesn't matter how vanilla you think it is, it's going to impact somebody. Yeah. I I think God in this situation, he knows Wendy's heart. Mm -hmm. He knows she's going to share this story. And I, and I think God puts those things in front of us in, in under those circumstances. And when we have the right attitude, we get to see more of God's glory. Mm-hmm. How many times, how easy would it have been for her to have been feeling sorry for herself and missed that pheasant walking by and that deer walking mm-hmm. by? It would have been easy, right? Mm-hmm. To have just completely missed it. And I wonder how many times I've missed things in my life where I've just been so focused on feeling sorry for myself mm-hmm. that I just missed it. Um, and it's not that we shouldn't be sad in these circumstances and it's hard and I get I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, there's so much more out there sometimes. Um, and I just say congratulations to Wendy for not missing it. Sure. For being focused. Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. She goes on to say, praise for the wonderful works of the Lord, just like Miriam and the Israelites making it through the Red Sea. Hmm. You know, this is the the this is after coming through the Red Sea. Uh, Moses, the Israelites, are just excited about it, and this is what they're saying: who, "Who among the gods is like you?" Of course, that's what you would say after something like that. Um, and, and you know what she did here is really not a lot different. She saw something that God put there in front of her, and she's just praising God for it, mm-hmm. um, even though the circumstances are far different. Um, one is dealing with life and continuing life, and the other is, is the end of life, and um, they're, they're a lot different, but there's a reason to praise God in all the circumstances that we have. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, we've all been through something that has devastated us, some kind of a loss, uh, and I'm sure that there were moments of loss that, that kind of pierced her, that made it really hard. I'm sure there were lots of tears that were shed during all this. But instead of contemplating all of that hurt that's in your heart and in Wendy's heart at this time, she's choosing to focus on the goodness of God rather than the pain in her heart. Mm -hmm. And we can all do that. Yeah, I mean, I I think about she, her husband's at death's door and she's, she's seeing God in the situation contrast that to the children of Israel when they get to the Red Sea they start freaking out and and this is the end and and woe is me when Mm -hmm. God basically said stop praying and go forward and you know so many times we we get in places like Wendy and and we do what the children of Israel did Mm -hmm. it's it's all about and I don't say this disrespectfully but many times it's about us woe is me and if we'll just keep our eyes fixed on God like Wendy did here there's a blessing yeah I mean make no mistake there's a blessing in Rod's death yeah and she saw it yeah yeah and I think a lot of times it's like I remember this situation when I was six or seven years old and I had gotten this a bat one of those little miniature bats Mm -hmm. and I loved that little bat and I was carrying it around with me everywhere I went. And I'm sure I was doing something with it I shouldn't have. I probably had it at the dinner table or something like that. <laughs> My father took it away from me. Mm-hmm. And I was I was upset. And I was just torn up. And, you know, six or seven years old. That's the way it is, right? And I remember going to bed 
and I'm just basically crying myself to sleep because I'm just upset about the whole thing. And I'm kind of my back is to the door. Somebody comes in my room and they tap on my shoulder and I kind of jerk back and I'm like, leave me alone. Because I assumed it was my mother just trying to comfort me and just say something nice. And I'm like, I don't want to hear nice words. I just want to just leave me alone. Let you me just let want me to sit here in my pity. pity. Yeah. That's right. Well, I finally turned around and it was my uncle who was staying with us at the time. And um, he had the bat in his hand. And I can't help but think that he heard me crying and mm-hmm. he couldn't stand to hear it. Mm-hmm. And he wanted me to have that. And that's a picture of God. Mm-hmm. God's tapping us on the shoulder all the time and we're busy jerking our arm away from him, not paying attention to him. And blaming him. And blaming him. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to give us that bat. And sure. he just wants us, he wants to hear us stop crying. Mm-hmm. And we're and we we're just ignoring him. Uh, so if we'll just let him, he'll he'll take care of us. Isaiah thirty three seventeen. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty and view a land that stretches afar. And she goes on to say, someday we will be in heaven and see even more wonders. Chapter thirty three of Isaiah. Such a great picture of what happens at the end. You know, Christ is going to be is going to reign. All this craziness, the debauchery, all the crazy stuff we have in the world now all going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So is it is it worth talking about now? Sure, it's mm-hmm. worth talking about, and it's worth trying to steer away from those things and all of that. But just know, in the end, it's going to get better. But and I think part of the point here is we can see those glimpses of the beauty and the view of the land that stretches afar. We have glimpses of that here, but we don't slow down enough to see them. We don't we don't get out of ourselves enough yeah. to experience it. Just like Wendy here, she she could have went in the way of why God and blaming God and and getting bitter and but she chose to see the beauty of what many would see as a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. But even outside of that, I mean, we can we can walk outside this podcast studio in an hour and just bury ourselves in work and busyness but the beauty that Wendy experienced the beauty that Isaiah talks about it's right outside right here mm-hmm. but we so many times we don't slow down and just <laughs> I, I feel like we say this or I say this all the time but it's worth repeating find time to do nothing yeah we, we talked about it before this podcast came yeah um, society doesn't want us there because society doesn't want us seeing Christ all around us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I think about it like when you're training for a marathon, it's hard. Mm. You have days where it's really, really hard. And we can we can kind of wallow in the miserableness of that 20-mile run that doesn't go well. Or we can look forward to I'm going to cross that marathon finish line, and that's going to be a great day when I do that, right? Or you can bask in the soreness. I know some people – my wife says I'm weird <laughs> because I like the pain, but you, everybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's, it's not a pain. It's a soreness of accomplishing something, 
and that is so satisfying. Yeah, it is. Or we can complain about it. Mm-hmm. Choose, choose to see the positive in that in that hurt from that run. Choose to see the positive in somebody you love going on to be with Christ. Yeah, it's a juggle. It's it's tough sometimes, but it's worth it. It is. Lamentations three twenty five. The Lord is good to those who, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. And she goes on to say, I am so blessed for following and seeking God. The more you look around, the more you see his goodness, even in the valleys of life. It's kind of what we're just Same saying. point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's the bottom line for Wendy. She's paying attention. Um and she's doing it in all circumstances. You know, a lot of times, the, the only times we tend to notice God sometimes, sometimes we notice it in the big things that we accomplish and we, we, we kind of recognize God in those things. And then sometimes we recognize him when we feel really sorry for ourselves. But a lot of times we don't do it in every day. Mm-hmm. And I think if we would learn to do it all the time, every day, um, then he's gonna always be there, especially in times when you need it. You're gonna love this. Angie... And Gay and Holly are going to love this when they hear it. One of the ways that I do this, and so we will never drive I-75 after I say this, <laughs> but we we came back from Upward as of this podcast a few weeks ago. Upward is in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We live in North Georgia. The fastest way by far per the GPS is either north to Knoxville and then down into Spartanburg or south to Atlanta and then up into Spartanburg. I refuse to go those ways. If you go through the mountains of North Georgia, depending on the day, it could be 30 minutes to a little over an hour longer. I always say if you hit a traffic jam in Atlanta, that's gone anyway. But... I I drive those and how many times did I say it on the way back? You won't see this on I seventy five. Yeah, and it's it's God's beauty. I yeah. mean, it's it's what I love driving through those mountains. And yeah, I mean, because I could feel the tension when Darren called us, and they're already basically home, and we still had like an hour and a half left. Yeah, but I'll do it every time because that's one just one way that I can slow my life down. Number one, you don't have cell phone service through there, which I love. <laughs> but you don't see that on I and that's such a picture of our everyday life. Yes. So many times we're hung in I seventy five and going ninety miles an hour in bumper to bumper traffic. Sometimes we got to get off the interstate. Not physically, I'm talking metaphorically. At this point, we need to get off the interstate and see God's beauty. That's a good point. It's a good point. And so, sometimes, sometimes so you're Gay, Dean, Holly, and Angie. That's why I chose to go the back roads. It it was a God thing. <laughs> well, I will say that. Um, boy, we found a good restaurant on the way home too. Oh man, holy! You in the wouldn't find that on seventy five. Guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question. Have you experienced an impossible situation and felt paralyzed or unable to trust the Lord? I think we would all be lying if we said no. I mean, it, yes. Yes, yeah. we've all been in those situations where I, I call it the sitting in the sanctuary in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day moments. Yeah. And I've been there. 
yeah find myself sitting in my church's sanctuary in the middle of the day crying out to god because that's how hopeless you feel but sometimes that's where god wants us yeah um what was it we were just talking about a reading or was it a book i can't even remember um oh it was a sermon that we listened to I, i won't say who the sermon was but this gentleman was at his wits end yeah and he he was he found himself in that moment crying out to god saying god get me out of this and he said he felt in his spirit god say why would i do that yeah we're closer right now than we've been in years Mm. and wow i mean how convicting is that yeah that maybe god won't let us get there if we'll keep that closeness in the good times but many times we get in the good times we take our foot off the gas and we just coast and God will bring us to those bad times because that's where we that's where we go searching for him but go searching for him in the good times but we like to pat ourselves on the back in the good times yeah yeah I, I see that all. I see that in I, I think about football you ever seen two teams that are unevenly matched in football mm-hmm. and you see how one team is just stomping the other team and then one or the other could be the team that's ahead or the team that's behind just kind of gives up I mean, you can just see it. They just give up. And then the team that, you know, the team the team that uh, is behind gives up. And, of course, then there's no hope. But then sometimes that team that's ahead is like, well, we're so far ahead. We just, we're just going to give up. And then that team from behind gets a little bit of a spark. Mm-hmm. I remember the, I think it was, was it the Buffalo Bills was behind by like 35 points at halftime in a, in a playoff game. And they came back and won. And the bottom line was that team was better than them. Mm-hmm. But once, well, I think App State and Michigan. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a no name. Yeah. Took down a giant. Yep. And sometimes it's just a matter of just no matter what the circumstances sure. are, just look, see the best in whatever it is right. and think that always is it is the app state always going to beat the Michigan? No, they're not going to. But occasionally. Mm-hmm. And man, we still remember it today. Sure. Because that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great. I remember one time when I was um, I was playing tennis one time with uh the num- he was the number one player in my high school and I was playing tennis against him and I wasn't a tennis player I never played an organized tennis match in my life and uh, but I loved to play t- tennis and I beat him one time the only reason I beat him was because I was willing to run after every ball and just be completely relentless, right? Mm-hmm. And you could see the exhaustion on his face of, I thought I had you there, you know, <laughs> but I would just get over there and I'd get to it and get it back. And um, and I wound up beating him. And that's a picture of who how we should be, mm-hmm. right? As, as Christians, we should just be relentless. Mm-hmm. And mo- a lot of times when we're relentless, man, we'll succeed or we'll overcome or we'll win even when we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another question. What can you do to remember his faithfulness so that the next time he asks you to step forward in faith, you'll be able to follow? Always look back. We, mm. we talk about this. Society says, don't look back. Don't look back. Charge forward. I get the sentiment, but our car has a rearview mirror for a reason. It's not as big as the windshield, but you got to look back because mm. when you look back, you see you see those street lights that we talk about often on here, and you see the pattern of where those street lights have taken you, and it gives you the confidence and the the boldness to do that next thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just staying connected mm-hmm. to God, right? In in one form or another, and whether that's reading our Bible, our prayer time, whatever whatever it is, always, 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 always being connected to God. And there's lots of ways to do that. I mean, a ton of ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible offers us so many opportunities to do things in so many different ways. You know, we're reading through the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. That's one way to do it. And it's amazing to me that I'll hear stuff, I'm like, <laughs> I'll hear part of a story and I'll go, I've read that before, mm-hmm. but where did that come from? <laughs> did they just put that in there? Because I don't remember that. And it's pretty awesome. Um, and then there's, you know, there's times you can study themes, you can study books, you can do, there's so many ways to stay connected to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of those are ways that when it comes time to, what, what did she say? To what can you do to remember his faithfulness? Uh, those things are just great reminders, right? Sure. Last question. Have you ever had such unspeakable joy that you can't help but express it? How did you express it? <laughs> I have a hard time in general just holding things in. Mm-hmm. You know how I am. I got to let stuff out. Mm-hmm. I say stuff I shouldn't say all the time because I just can't hold it in. And uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> but... Um, I remember one time when this was back years ago, our church is really, really small. Actually, we had gone through a devastating split in our church and our church attendance. We we were thinking our church is dying. Mm-hmm. And we would have 30 or 40 kids in vacation Bible school. And one time we had eight kids mm-hmm. who made a profession of faith out of those kids. And I remember I had to tell – the, per, the checkout line at Walmart, I had to tell them. You know, I had to tell everybody <laughs> because it was so exciting to us at the time. Um, that's my thing that I, I remember that so distinctly. Now, we had 15 saved last night at Vacation Bible School. Really? But yeah, but it doesn't even seem as big as that did because the the time period that, that came. And um, and it's great that we, the I'm not discounting the 15 last night. We have 100 in VBS now. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's fantastic, but... I just remember that one time being so excited because we were in such, it was kind of like, you know, this whole story with Wendy, she's in a circumstance that's tragic and it's bad. And we, we felt like we were there, like we're having vacation Bible school, but we're still trying to figure out how do we, how do we help our church and, and how do we get our church to grow? And then we have this happen in the middle of it all. And it was just unbelievable. Hmm. Yeah, I think about times, There's there's been several times in my life, I won't go into details, but where you think things are headed down a bad path and probably the the most joy i get is those few times where that you're headed into that dark thing or that bad thing or that season of life where you're thinking this is going to be bad and then god flips a switch it's not it's not a it's not an easy turn it's not a sweeping turn it's a 180 yeah and man those are those times where you have to just Thanks, God. Yeah. I really, really need it. Now, that's not that overwhelming joy like you're talking about, but it's it's those times where God just, it's like he slams an exclamation point right in front of you and says, I've got this. Yeah. And I think of a couple of times in my life where that's happened. It's not the exhilarating, go tell everybody like you're talking about, but it's God is who he says he is, and he just gave me another street light and sent me the other direction. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's more like a sit in the corner and smile about it, and yeah, you know, yeah. just be overwhelmed yeah. by it. I was actually this happened to me this morning, and um, I was actually <laughs> I was about to take a shower, and I was just completely, you know, this whole thing with upward and everything that's going on, and my life in general. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I was, it just, it just overwhelmed me all mm-hmm. in one moment. It was like, why has God blessed me mm-hmm. like he does? And I, those, you know, it's a quiet, not a big thing like you're talking about. And mm-hmm. um, it was just, gosh, the moments that God shows up like that are just special. Sure. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard-to-pronounce names and all. (laughs) In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access, so if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. All right, we're back. And you know, we're in the middle of, well, we're recording this the end of July. It's the middle of August right now as this comes out. And um, New Year's resolutions, we don't think about New Year's resolutions or a lot of times our goal setting from the beginning of the year. Um, But I, I found this article that talked about goal setting as it related to runners and things. And you know, they say that the number of people who follow through on New Year's resolutions and goals at the beginning of the year is about 9%. Hmm. That's terrible, 9%. <laughs> uh, but runners tend to do better than mm-hmm. that. So right now, according to Strava, right now at this time of the year, halfway, a little over halfway through the year, 53% of Strava users are on track to get to their goal this year. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, of course, some of those folks that aren't on pace still have time Mm -hmm. to get on pace and I'm sure some of those who are on pace are going to fall off because of various circumstances but um, that's way higher than that 9% but they said that in 2022 only a little over 12% almost 13% um, hit their goal or made it to within 90% of their goal Um, and 23% made it to within 20% of their goal. So it makes me wonder, uh, is everything going to fall apart for a lot of people this year, or is this an exceptional year? <clears throat> um, I've got a theory, and yeah. I, I haven't heard this yet, because yeah. as you said, this is not in my notes, so I didn't see this. But a knee-jerk reaction theory is, is the reason why runners' goals – more often met than the typical goal is because most people make a New Year's resolution and they they spell out the what but they don't spell out the how. Yeah. So I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight and they just say that. Or I want to um, I don't know. But they, they they give the what but they don't give the how. They don't plan. I'm a planner, so I, I always put the how with it. But in, in running, a lot of people say, and I'm going to go out a limb here and say this is those statistics because we we see it in our own ministry. People say, I want to run a marathon. 
Well, in August, everything's still going good because why? They've got a plan. Yeah. They're very regimented. Yeah. But from here to the marathon, for our Couch to Marathon people, what happens? It gets hard. It does. It gets yeah. really hard. Yeah. And so I think what we do, we see our biggest part of our attrition happens from now to the marathon. And yeah. I don't I don't know if that's the case with Strava because they're not just Couch to Marathon, but it's most most people in the in the um, endurance sports community, it's some kind of big goal that they set in January. Yeah, that's true. And that's why the Couch to Marathon was so successful. And the reason we didn't see it coming is, but what we learned is when people say, I'm going to start running, what's the goal that they set? It's usually not a 5K. Yeah, it's, that's true. I want to run a marathon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like me. Just, just go for the, let's don't even... <laughs> You know, let's go for the full money. But as from here to the to the marathon with Run for God, it's going to get hard, and we're going to see more attrition. Now, I'm challenging you if you're listening to this and you're doing the Cast Marathon, let that be a challenge to you. Yeah, for sure. Know that it's going to be hard and make a plan for that. That's not a plan that you have written on your mirror, but it's, you know, the most successful people are the ones that plan for what happens when the unexpected happens. That's right. And. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't plan for that part. They have the plan, which gets them through the moderate to easy parts, but they don't have that mental plan for what happens when it when it gets hard. Yeah. When it's 95 degrees and 90% humidity outside, they don't have a plan for that, so think, they just stop. I think you're right. What about, what do you think is the most popular goal for runners? A New Year's resolution or just any goal? A goal for the year. A new runner or just runners? No, just runners. Just runners I mean, it's got to be a marathon. Well, what I about think. what about mileage wise for the year? Because oh, that's what Strava measures. A thousand. Yep. A thousand miles. Yep. Yeah. A thousand miles or a thousand k. Yeah. You know, depending on what country yeah. you're from. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, this year there were a lot of people who have uh, their goals are two thousand and twenty three <laughs> k mm-hmm. or miles mm-hmm. um, to coincide with the year. So. If you look at the the data, what's interesting is people who reach their goals run more miles during the warmer weather than they do during the colder weather, which is interesting to me because I tend to run more miles during the colder weather, I think. Yeah, but if you're doing a plan, if you're doing a marathon plan, if you're on the couch to marathon, well, you're running more miles in the warmer weather. Depends on when it is, though. If, you're, well, that's, if your marathon's in the spring, then you're running them during the winter. Yeah. So. And the people who reached their goals ran the most miles in September, October, November. They, those tend to be the highest mileage months. It's probably because we're so happy that the mm-hmm. heat is gone mm-hmm. and we get excited about going out there and running a few extra miles because we've built up this tolerance to this warmer weather. Sure. It just feels good to run mm-hmm. some extra miles and it's it's easier, I think. Interestingly, December was the lowest mileage month, which is I've only run a hundred miles in a week four times in my life. They were all in December. Every really? Yeah. Um, three three of those four were the week between Christmas and New Year's. I've always been whatever job I've ever had. I've always had that time off, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the time I choose to run sure. hundred miles. Yeah, when I've got time. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I know that Christmas can get in the way obviously the holidays makes it hard to get in miles and i'm sure that has a lot to do with it that and maybe the fact that it, it that's when it starts getting really cold maybe that maybe that has something to do with it i don't know 
Um, but Strava data shows that consistency is the key. That's such a surprise, isn't it? How many times have we said that? <laughs> so one of the things they recommend is 10 minutes, a mile, two miles, once or twice a week. When you do that consistently over a whole year, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And when you think about an extra 10 minutes of running, it doesn't seem like much. Mm-hmm. So if you just ran an extra 10 minutes twice a week, at the end of the year, it would be it'd pay big dividends. It's 100 plus miles a week. Yeah. I mean, 100 plus miles extra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think everybody should set a goal for the year. Um, and I think, you know what we need to do? We need to count up the number of miles in the training plan for the couch to marathon, figure out what that number is, mm. and make that be a goal. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. That'd be good. It's a good idea. Yeah, we'll have to work on that. What's it? Do you know what the most number of miles you ever run in a year is? See, I've never really tracked it. I mean, when I did that uh, treadmill thing, we had... I was going to say, you probably run We a had four weeks that I know were over 100 miles. Now, yeah. they were slow, but, um, I mean, yeah, that year was by far the most I've ever ran in a year, but I don't know how many miles it was. Yeah, I just, I've, it. I've never, as geeky as I am, I've never I, really geeked out on that's just amazing. that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that you'd be one of those that would yeah, track every mile. I just don't mile. care, because I am slow, you know, so it's not like when you're fast – it's all about the numbers and but it was just you're not measuring performance necessarily right it was just i i I need to get on this treadmill and run for a long time so i need to start working on that now yeah yeah well i ran i ran over three thousand miles five years in a row wow late late 40s early 50s sometime in that time period i ran that was my goal was to run three thousand miles every year and i would run just over three thousand every year i came close to one of my goals was to get to five thousand k and i never quite made it so that's only 100 miles over three thousand so three thousand i mean five times in a row i went between three thousand and thirty one hundred i remember one year i didn't think i could do it and uh, I wound up running like some crazy number of miles in December <laughs> really? to get to three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Was that was that since you've been here? Because it seems like I remember that. Probably. I think it was. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like I had kind of lost sight of it. I was too far behind. Right. I was a couple hundred miles behind, like going into December. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I can still do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, it is a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, have you ever played Simon Says? Of course you have, because everyone has. That's what this one's called, Simon Says. Everyone knows about the game Simon Says. The idea is to simply do as Simon Says. Pretty simple. All you must do is listen to the leader and follow her directions every time she says, Simon says, before the instruction. If she doesn't preface her directions with the words, Simon says, you don't do what she says. There could not be a simpler game. So why are most people fooled into not following directions? Well, first, it's difficult to follow words when you're watching what someone does. The cagiest Simon Says leaders will trick you into what they're doing because they aren't playing by the rules. It would be much easier to follow a leader who only does what Simon says to do. We tend to follow what we see 
more than what we hear. Man, that a preach right there. (laughs) Consequently, our brain malfunctions when we see someone tell us to put our hand on our head and then they do it regardless whether they say Simon says. Second, a good Simon Says leader will move very fast. When that happens, your brain has a tough time keeping up with the words and actions. We're trying so hard to keep up that our brain doesn't seem to have time to check for the magic words. Trying to keep up when we fear being left behind will confuse us every time. Finally, sometimes you lose the game because you follow another player in the game. Your brain tells you not to do it but the person next to you does it and you just can't resist the temptation to do it. It's a little like following the leader, but in this case, you're following the crowd. When it comes time to go for a run or walk, we need to act like it's a Simon Says game. And Simon Says, go for a run. It's as simple as that. But it's hot outside. Simon Says, go run. But I'm tired. Simon Says, get your walk in. But don't drop out of the Simon Says game before you have to. In Simon Says, you obey the commands to get to the end of the game. On the other hand, obeying God, it's not a game. God has given us commandments to ensure we stay on track and in his will. When he tells us not to lie, that is a commandment that we are to obey. So what should be our motivation to obey God's commands? Well, I say it's love. And be careful. The world is full of people who are telling you that God says, but God didn't really say it. Verify for yourself what God would have you do. Don't blindly follow those around you like you're in a game of Simon Says. Both the game of Simon Says and running and walking come down to very simple principles. Just follow through and do what you're supposed to do, whether it's following someone barking orders or doing what you need to do to be in the best shape possible. Following God's direction, though, is far more important than either of those things. It's all a matter of the depth of the love we have for him as to how closely we follow his commands. We know that he loved us so much that he was willing to send Jesus to the cross to die for us. We can't possibly repay that kind of love. The question is, though, how much love can we show God with our actions? We tend to follow what we see more than what we hear. That's a great statement, Dean. Yeah, and we. Do. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, but I, I guess I've just never seen it in writing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on you there, but I mean, it really struck me. That's that's a great story, as yeah. always. Yeah. Well, are you good at Simon Says? No. Yeah. I'm, not. I'm terrible at it because I do. I'm a visual. Yeah. And so you know, you say move your right arm and you're moving your left well i'm i'm going to the left you yeah. know i'm going wherever you're going so yeah yeah i'm not very good at it yeah I, you know I, I try to i try to focus on okay i'm only listening i'm not watching i'm only listening but maybe part of it's because and you're you've got bad hearing too yeah you and i both have a problem with with hearing yeah and so um i think maybe that has a part to play in it well i do know you're not a very good simon because remember yeah. we played this game at at one of the run for god weekends yeah. and you weren't getting anybody. We finally just had to end the game. Yeah, yeah nobody was getting out. They're like, "Dean, this out. is too easy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at. It. Yeah, which may say you're not very manipulative. You know, yeah, you're. you're That's the way I like. Everybody it. just <laughs> trust what you say. You're not uh, good at doing not doing what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Well, you know, running though, or workouts, whatever it is we're supposed to do, really is this simple. Um, you just you just do it. 
it's just mm-hmm. that it's that we we make it so complicated. There's a there's a teenage kid that I talk to all the time, and he's all the time saying, "Dean, you don't understand how hard it is." I'm like, "Yes, I do. I understand mm-hmm. completely." You think I wasn't a teenage boy at one time? I was. I understand. But it is simple. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way for us as adults in our running, our walking, whatever it is that we want to do to get ourselves into better shape. It's just a matter of getting out there and just doing it regardless. A lot of times it just comes down to who we don't want to do it. Yeah. And so we try to find excuses to make ourselves feel better. Yep. Yep. So we got to eliminate the distractions, sort of like in the game of Simon Says, too. We got to quit paying attention to what somebody else is doing or what we think we can do or can't do. Or, yeah, that's that's the thing that, that we got to be careful of because we can get going in the wrong direction. And one of the things that I mentioned in here is that there's so many people out there who are pointing us in a bad direction and doing it saying God thinks it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to go into any details here. Um, although we did, I did see an, a thing where there's a teacher recently. She was at a private Christian school, and they fired her because she was doing something she shouldn't have been doing mm-hmm. outside of school. And she's just incensed about it. She's upset about it. She doesn't see anything wrong with what she was doing. And I mean, from the outside looking in, you're like, yeah I get it I see why they fired her but in her mind she's justifying it sure and we have to be so careful not to justify things that we shouldn't be doing um, we, and again we see it in the in the world so much right now um, here's a good example God made me that way you know I, 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 I'm guilty I, I used to say that all the time I would lose my temper and I'd be like that's the way God made me or I'm from New Jersey, so it's okay. You know, I would I would justify those things. It's not okay. You know my response to that. What's that? You're right. God yeah. did make you that way. Yeah, and He made me that way, sinners. Yeah. But that's, that's right. not a, that's not an excuse. That's right. That excuse won't get us to a lifetime with Christ. That's right. That's right. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you're looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. Okay, I need to clarify something. <laughs> I just said that I make the statement God made me that way. That that's not what I meant. God God made us in the image of himself. What I usually say is we were born that way. We were born into a world of sin. So I just wanted to clarify that before I get a ton of emails saying, "No, no, 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 no." I, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? We're born sinners. When we come into this world, we have a sinful nature because we live in a fallen world. But that's not an excuse. That's right. You know, I was I was born not a fast runner. But that's no excuse for me not to try to get faster when I'm training for a race. That is true. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but it, I just it. wanted to correct my statement before the break. <laughs> All right, every week I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. And this week it's because it's the most popular sport. I mean, we just heard a little earlier that 115 million people are walkers. So, I mean, I think about 
sports like golf, golf's a really popular sport. You know, a lot of businessmen, they go out and they play golf and they, but way more people run or walk than play golf. So um, it's a great way to get together when you have so many people who do it. Um, I've gotten to know a number of people while running, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it's a great thing. So, and mostly runners or walkers, they're mostly great people. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's people that are just good folks are drawn to it. So, I, I know we look at um, the cross country teams always have highest GPAs in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that there, there's a couple of exceptions occasionally, but by the most, for the most part, that's the case. All right, lots of running going on lately in the pro circuit, um, and nobody has been better than Faith Kip Yegon. And you gotta love the name Faith. Mm-hmm. So Faith Kip Yegon has broken the record for the 5K and the 1500 in just in the last month. And then she broke the one mile record too. And she broke it by five seconds. Wow. That's, that's forever. That's the world record? The world record. Yes. What is that? What is her time? 407. Wow. Yeah. So the record was 412. Now, I will say this. They say that the, the record now is more in line with the 1500 record. They don't run the mile as much as they run the 1500. Um, so the, it was a little bit soft. But mm-hmm. now it's it they're equal now, so four oh seven mile, um, that's it, just incredible to think about. And she's she's just she's really good. now she's been good for a decade or longer. But for whatever reason, she's just really peaking this year. So uh, it's really really fun to watch. But then in in another meet this recently, Alicia Monson broke the U.S. five k record. She ran fourteen nineteen. Alicia is part of the On Athletic Club. The On Athletic Club has had a, a few really, really good athletes. I don't know what they're doing there, but uh, Dathan Ritzenhine's the coach there. He was a former Olympian, marath- Olympic marathoner. Um, they also have Yared Nagus, who right now is ranked number two in the world in the 1500 meters. Um, a very good chance he could win, probably win silver at, at world championships because Jakob Ignabritz, and I just don't see anybody beating him. But Yared Nagus is really good. He had a race this past week where he was pushed really hard, and somehow he just figures out a way to, to win races. No matter how the race goes, whether it's a race that goes out really hard or it's a race that goes out really slow, he figures out a way to win those things. Hmm. Um, so really exciting to see that. In, uh, and he's smiling all the time. The guy's just a smiler. I love that. <laughs> kind of a Dar Smith runner. Yeah. Well, I saw a post where people were arguing recently about Kip Chogi. Somebody, he, they, they were posting about this article said that, you know, Kipchoge was saying nobody can ever take away from him the fact that he was the first person to break two hours in the marathon. And there were people saying he didn't break two hours in the marathon. He ran 26.2 miles Here in under two hours, but he didn't re- break two hours in the marathon. And I'm like, man, oh man, people are so pathetic and so <laughs> petty about things. Because it's like, I mean, my attitude is the guy did it. The guy ran for 26.2 miles in under two hours. Yeah, it was not a sanctioned race. That's why it's not the world record. But he he did run under two hours. And if you're not familiar with it, the breaking two thing was, you know, Nike was the one that put it all together. They had a pace car that went the exact speed that they needed to go for the whole way so pacing was completely even they had pacers who ran out in front of the the runner to break the wind and um, they did it under perfect conditions and they did it on a flat course and so they made sure that 
they gave every chance mm-hmm. to break too. But that doesn't mean that guy. But his didn't legs do still it. ran that. That's I right. mean, it's <laughs> you cannot take that away from him. Running four thirty seven for the mile, twenty six point two times in a row, uh, is not easy. No matter what the conditions are, even if it was downhill, it wouldn't be hard. Um, so. And there were several other guys. The first time they did it, you know, he missed it the first time by like 30-something mm-hmm. seconds. And the first time he tried it, there were two other guys in it, too, because they thought they weren't sure who could break it. And then it became clear after that first one that Kipchoge is the guy mm-hmm. that needed to be the one that tried it. So, anyway, people call him a cheater. I'm like, is he not a cheater? <laughs> he told the world what he was about to do and how he was going to do that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then cheating. did it. <laughs> so I think, and, and you know, there's a guy out there right now who they're saying is is going to be the guy. His name's Kelvin Kiptum. He's run two marathons at 201, and he's a young guy. And so they're saying he's going to be the guy that breaks two in the marathon race. Mm. And uh, we'll see. I have my doubts. I just, I mean, the record's 201.09 for Kipchoge right now. And a minute and nine seconds is a long way to go. Yeah. It's a long way to go. So, but, and I honestly, I believe that 20109 is more impressive than that 159 that he ran, 159.42, I think it was, that he ran in the sub two hour thing. Hmm. Uh, just, just knowing that was in a race, mm-hmm. you know. All right. Let me leave you with a trivia question for next week. This one's an interesting one. Who is the heaviest person to ever run a sub four minute mile? Or if you want to answer this one, you can answer either question. Or who is the heaviest to run a sub five minute mile? Interesting questions. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we look at prototypical runners and we think, mm-hmm. I wonder, wonder how big can a guy be and still run sub two? Well, I mean, sub four. And you can research that and find out because I am certain not 100%, 99% certain. There's probably nobody listening to this who knows the answer to this question. Yeah. I did not know the answer to this question, but I do now. So check that out. And if you get the answer, send it to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that question and send it to me, then you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. Cash. All right, let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, it takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan. Amen. <laughs> I knew you'd love that one. <laughs> but it's true. It is. It is absolutely true. A lot of times we worry about doing something so hard that <laughs> we take away the energy that we could have just got it done. Yeah. Right. Or you see the people who they spend so much time trying to get out of doing something that that energy could have they could have had it done and passed it by the time that they uh, sure it's crazy but it's the way it is it's the way the world is all right 177 episodes of the run for god run club podcast are in the books crazy town we so appreciate you for listening thank you so much go out there share the podcast um let's let's get this podcast growing and let's get uh let's get it right do all those things that, that help people find us like it share it comment on it rate it all those things all those things that's right and until next week may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light good job dean 
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.